We heard from our old intern, Kelsey, the other day. We recently released her out into the world, and she got herself into some trouble. Kelsey has a nose ring, and she was making out with a guy who also had a nose ring, and they very nearly got their nose rings stuck together. Now, this got Kelsey thinking about the old thing they used to say about two people with braces, that if you kissed somebody else with braces, you could get stuck together, causing yourself great uh, physical and emotional pain. We want to know if that actually happened, if it was possible. Uh, On the line with us now is Dr. Lee Graber. He's an orthodontist. Lee, is this possible? Well, of course, anything is possible. Uh, And in fact, uh, some 30-plus years ago, I I had a situation where two kids got stuck together. But braces today are considerably smaller, faster, more comfortable, with fewer wires to catch. If you compare the size of braces to what a nose ring is, uh, you'll see they're completely different as far as size and much less likely to get entangled. And of course, braces are made of stainless steel or clear crystalline materials, and so they're not magnetic. Some people have said, well, am I going to you know, feel that magnetism with my braces against somebody that I'm kissing? So I always like to tell them that any physical attraction between two people with braces is in the eye of the beholder versus from the braces on their teeth. Now, you, you said it was 30 years ago, so uh, it may be foggy, but were these two in agony? Well, the young lady, <laughs> it was an interesting situation. The, the young lady who was involved was uh, uh, disturbed, <laughs> uh, and the biggest concern that she had was that I wouldn't tell her mother that she'd got caught on the braces of uh, her young friend. Uh, the, 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 the gentleman uh, was uh, very happy with the situation. <laughs> Well, Dr. Graber, do you remember how the, the stuck-together couple got to your office? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, they were driven by an older brother. Oh. <laughs> uh, they were driven by an older brother who brought them to the office in an emergency and called up. And, uh, of course, he didn't know exactly what to do. And uh, the girl was in some discomfort, and uh, not just, you know, emotionally, but physically, by having somebody pull in their teeth. Sure. And... Uh, but it was over relatively quickly. I wonder, Dr. Graber, if uh, the improvements in orthodontia have made it harder for parents who want to uh, discourage their kids from kissing uh, as young teenagers. Now, because it's so much safer and easier, that is gone. You know, I don't think that orthodontics has been much of a physical deterrent to two people who want to go ahead and have a relationship. (laughs) Over the years, I think in all generations, people have found their ways around any impediments they might have had, including the perceived ones from braces. That's really kind of beautiful. Love conquers all, even even braces. (laughs) Even with braces, you can still enjoy a good relationship. How to Do Everything is sponsored by TaxAct.com. TaxAct has helped people file their taxes for over 10 years. They also offer additional services, including auditing and email support. TaxAct will guide you every step of the way, allow you to pause and finish filing at any time, and guarantee a maximum refund. Go to TaxAct.com how to get started. TaxAct. Easy. Fast. Free. We got an email from Marku. Marku is an accountant in Finland, and he says he listens to How to Do Everything while doing his months in reporting. It's a 14-hour workday, he says. Marku, these next 15 seconds are for you. Add it up. Add it up. Add it up. Add it up. Well, uh, 
Marku, I feel like we should be very careful not to say any numbers during uh, the course of these 15 seconds so as not to throw off any of your months in uh, accounting. A simple error, like if I were to start counting backwards from 10, that could throw off your entire yeah. tabulation. It, Eight, almost seven, any number six, could, five, could 38, bring down 15, your company. 78. You know, a number like seven or two. 39. Yes. 39. Any of these numbers 39, could 39, collapse the entire Finnish economy. 39. Jillian, is your mic up? Yes. So, uh, Jillian, you, uh, this is your first Chicago winter, mm. and um, there is a problem. Yeah. So, I live in a big, tall building, like many of them are here, and um, in the winter, lots of big chunks of ice will fall off the tops of the building, and people put out signs saying there might be ice falling, and I got confused because... I can't see what I can possibly do about that. For uh, for the record, for people that aren't familiar, the signs uh, don't actually say there might be ice falling. Yeah. They say falling ice. Caution falling ice. Yes. And they usually are set out about five feet from the side of the building because mm. I guess that's where the ice falls. Yeah. So it's not even, it's, it's just not helpful in any way. I, I too have thought about this, that there's the sign, uh, but really it would if it was falling it would hit you the the sign only just sort of reminds you of your own mortality you're already dead yeah and when i'm walking to work and i'm like there's ice on the floor and there's these big huge chunks was that and the scattered bodies that and the blood so our goal here is to help you out, Jillian. Thanks. We, we need to come up with some way uh, to make sure that uh, Jillian will survive the ice that is inevitably going to fall on her head. On the line with us now is Rob Manning. He's a lead engineer for the NASA missions that crash rovers onto the surface of Mars without breaking them. He's kind of a cushioning expert. And the, the way they do this is it's this elaborate process of slowing down the spacecraft with parachutes and rockets and then uh, it ends right above the surface these airbags inflate uh, around the structure holding the rover um, and uh, we'll just uh, bring up Rob he can take over away. from here and that's air, now this airbags free with this with its precious cargo to bounce around the surface of Mars and that's what it does eventually rolls to a stop and that's when the software on board the rover retracts the airbags um, deflates them and the thing sucks the air, we curl the airbags up next to the lander and it opens up like a flower and rights itself in the process uh, and the rover is free to stand up and drive off. So would it, would it be safe to put it like uh, at the very end of this long elaborate journey that this rover is essentially in a giant bouncy ball bouncing along the surface of Mars and, until yes. it stops? Yes, in fact, Mars only has one-third the gravity of Earth, so everything's going to bounce about three times higher. So now that we kind of understand that, um, we, should, we should get to Jillian's question. Do you think that some sort of rapidly inflating Mars rover caliber airbag hat would be a good idea for Jillian? 
Well, I think anything that allows it to absorb energy on impact it, um, it, and, and has the ability to compress. Um, uh, ski caps, uh, things that uh, like uh, big stacks of cardboard that can compress uh, and absorb that energy, all those kinds of things will work fine at stopping, at stopping uh, uh, falling objects. So the whole idea is to slow down the falling ice uh, slowly enough so that you don't feel the force through your body. All right, well, what if she wore a hat with a giant pom-pom thing on the top of it? She what? likes that kind of hat. Well, I think a, a giant pom-pom might very well work. And it also has the additional benefit of be, being able to deflect the ice as it's coming in. Yes, yes. I think, I think she'd look very attractive in an oversized pom-pom. Do you have a sense for... How big this pom pom might need to be? Well, if you, if, if depending on the size of the uh, and, and the speed of the piece of ice, it would have to be uh, something. Uh, if, imagine imagine a a five pound piece of ice coming down, and it's it's I say a couple kilograms worth of 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 ice. As it comes down, it gets a lot of speed, and its terminal velocity may be something in the order of between 1 and 200 miles an hour. So what you really want to do is you want to slow this ice down over the space uh, span of distance and time such that the force is really distributed over time on your head. And so uh, I would recommend something, you know, 5 feet, something like that, maybe maybe less. A 5-foot f- a pom-pom. Yeah, that'll work. So that uh, should work pretty well. Really? Like a... a She'd have to wear a pom-pom the size of herself on her head. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I would recommend? Yeah. An alternative might be to put a, uh, a miniature camera and detector equipment that, will, that scans the sky above your head mm-hmm. and looks for falling objects and gives you quick guidance of which way to run. Wow. Okay. How big would that be? Would that need to be five feet tall? No, that's a lot smaller. And the, with the technology we have with, with wide-angle cameras and, 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 and especially emerging technology such as LIDAR, which is uh, lasers that measure the distance to moving objects, objects in, in the field of view, it could quickly calculate the speed and direction of the falling ice and give, and give you quick instructions of which way to go. So really, Jillian could wear that, or she could wear a giant pom-pom. Yes. She's still going to look kind of dumb, right? Well... Yes. So we we want to make sure this works before we send Jillian out into the world with her five-foot pom-pom. So we're going to uh, do a test right here in the studio. We have two eggs, both with Jillian's face drawn on them, one that will be covered with a pom-pom, and we're going to drop chunks of ice onto the eggs to see if they survive. Should we do unpom-pommed egg first? I think so, yes. Okay. Three, two, one. One. That wasn't even close. That egg is pretty much dead. My innards are coming out. Oh no. Does it feel weird um, watching your your egg self be killed? I feel kind of fragile right now. Um, okay, so same ice, same height, but this egg has a pom-pom perched precariously on the top of it. Three, two, one. I missed. I'm so yep. Three, two, one. Let's get a look at your egg, egg Jillian. We're moving. 
I look pretty unscathed. I'm smiling. Yeah. That's pretty good. Congratulations. Thanks. I just rolled right away. Yeah. Just ricocheted off me. We're not the only podcast out there. There are many, many others. Yes. You could fill your entire day listening to podcasts. We do want to recommend one specific podcast, though, and that's Bullseye, hosted by Jesse Thorne. Bullseye is your guide to what's good in pop culture. Jesse interviews musicians, writers, filmmakers, comedians, uh, you know, and other people that do creative things. It's a great place to learn about books, movies, music, and hear from the people that make them. Find Bullseye at iTunes under podcasts. Have you read any good books lately, Mike? Um, I did. That does it for this week's show. What did you learn today, Mike? Well, I learned that people can get their braces stuck together when they're kissing. Do you think it ever happens that two men who have uh, the different sides of Velcro as mustaches, that they get stuck together? But what a great story, though, right? Like, later on in their lives, they're, they're, they're sitting with their grandkids. And it's like, how did you guys meet? How did you know that Grandpa was the one? And the grandma would be like, it's when his face got stuck to my face because our teeth were locked together. How to Do Everything is produced by Jillian Donovan with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Egg Jillian. Who uh, did not survive even a minute of her internship. We tried. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, how to do everything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Can I ask you about something else while we have you on the line? Certainly. How, how often uh, do you get bit? How often does a patient bite you either on purpose or by accident? You know, actually, that's really pretty rare. Uh, when I was probably 10 years into practice, where I had a young teenager who was in the office who asked me that very question, how often do you get bitten? And I said, well, not really. I mean, yes, you know, we can feel your teeth and everything, but nobody really bites me. And then she bit down on my fingers because she said she wanted to be the first. (laughs) (laughs) But that actually happens very rarely. (laughs) 